Hey, welcome to episode six of the OTP Baseball Podcast. This is Grant Schiller with the Mariners, and I'm joined today by Kiss Grape, Chris Gabriel, Oakland Athletics. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. How about you, Grant? I'm doing good. I think we're both a little under the weather, um, so forgive us if we both lose a long a piece during this podcast. We'll do our best to keep it to a minimum. I've got a throat drop in my mouth and tissues next to me. I don't know what your setup over there is, Chris, but uh, I know you're a little under it, too. Yeah, I've got a box of tissues. That's about it. Okay. Okay. Well, I think, so this podcast, we're going to do a lot of uh, running down the trade deadline, which is good because I think we are a couple of the GMs who were more involved in a lot of the trade discussions this year. Um, So I'm interested to hear your perspectives on a couple of these things because you're in on almost everybody. Um, But we'll start it off just giving the people what they want and talking about Angels Devil Magic. Um, It's honestly just ridiculous what they've done and that they keep winning and like never lose. I think we both have rants prepared, but I'll let you go and give yours first. I mean, I already started a little bit on general before, but Pablo Lopez is a 35. He sucks. He He sucks. sucks. And I mean, his numbers aren't that good, but he's still 8-6 and and has a 3-8 and is doing all right. And then you've got Mitchell Stone, who's just a 50, but is being amazing. And then, I mean, Bourbon should be better than he is, but he's not. Like, that's the one person who I'd be okay with if I was losing to Bourbon every day. Jake and honestly, Donnelly, yeah. Honestly, Bourbon might just be a reliever. Yeah, he like, might be. He's stuffed first and he doesn't miss that many bats. So, and like. He's got to change up in a fork ball. Like, no, no true breaker. But whatever. I can at least deal with Bourbon being good. Jake Donnelly, I got rid of because he was terrible and now he's doing all right which is just another stab in the side for me. And then, I mean, Jack Flaherty's Jack Flaherty. That's that's okay. I'm not going to complain there. And, I mean, but the he, bullpen, yeah. He also just got Jack Flaherty. Like, he has not been carrying him all year. No, but he got him in, he got him in the June training deadline. That, that's, that's yeah, okay. That's up at this point. Okay, that's fair. Go on. And, I mean, the bullpen's good. He's got a good bullpen. He doesn't have... Edwin Diaz blowing games left and right like I do. He's got Christofak, who's been great. He's got PV House, who's been great. But then the lineup, it's just home run, home run, home run. And then I'm, I'm just very frustrated. Yeah, I mean, so there's six and a half games up on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by uh, Pythagorean record, you're four and a half games better than them. Yeah. They're... By Pythagorean record, they should be in fourth place in the AL West. Yeah, like, even Houston has reasons to gripe, but at least Houston's got injuries left and right. My team's been fairly healthy. I mean, Tatis has only been here for a month, but I have Tatis. Rutschman's been here since middle of the season, and it's not like I replaced nobody. It was still Ramos and Dominguez before that. And the pitching's been great until about two weeks ago when everyone decided to start getting hurt, but... Again, that's only until then, and we're still fighting a very uphill battle, which we stand no shot at winning. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. They're fourth so, in the AOS and Pythagorean theme, like I said. Only mm-hmm. the Yankees have a higher Pythagorean difference, and 
The Yankees are ridiculous. The Yankees aren't part. The Yankees aren't part of the league. I already said there won't be any Yankee <laughs> right. bashing. They are the one team above the other twenty nine of us. Actually, twenty eight, and then Baltimore. There's they should be in AAA, but Smith has built his dynasty up in the sky, and he will stay there untouched for the foreseeable future. Right. So you throw him out, he doesn't even count. The yeah. Angels have the biggest gap in the league, which yeah. like ridiculous. Pablo Lopez, like you said, I have a forty on him. Either way, he sucks. Dude has a 552 FIP and a 384 ERA. <coughs> Jake Donnelly, a 45 who you brought up, has a 434 FIP and a 365 ERA. 50 Mitchell Stone in their rotation has a 395 FIP and a 305 ERA. That's just three of their five starters. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, and it's not even like he's playing in a park that suppresses home runs. Like, Angel Stadium plays a bit small. So right. I don't know if... Pache is jumping on the wall and catching things like it's angels in the outfield out here, but it's just ridiculous. Yeah, so they have – they're only behind the Twins in the league in FIP ERA gap um, as a staff. And, like, I know that FIP is fielding dependent, right? So the argument would be that they have a great defense. And they do have a great defensive center fielder and a second baseman and third baseman. But their shortstop's a five. Their catcher's a five. That, like, their zone rating is 7th in the AL. They are not a great defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, it just, that, It's amazing. He keeps winning, and there's nothing we can do about it. So, congratulations on your inevitable fake, wild like, card. I won't say fake. I mean, the, the game it's is partially spoken, fake. It, the game is spoken, and Karma will come back next season when he goes 12 and 150. With, are you telling me that... Bill Gracia, after hitting a 92 OPS plus in AAA last year, isn't going to hit 30 tanks every year? Like, that's just not going to happen? Wait, his name actually isn't Bill Garcia? I never realized that. <laughs> no, it's, it's Gracia. Oh, jeez. Like, he's the most average player of all time, and he's going to be worth three wins and 30 homers. I mean... But, you the, know... The, it, the, the OTP gods have spoken, and it's unfortunate. <clears throat> yep, they... Uh, they sit here at 75 and 55 and almost certain to get a wild card, if not take the division from us. And, and that really point. annoys me, too, because the last time we didn't win the division was in 2022 when an Angels team randomly won like 100 games or something. But at least that Angels team had Trout, I'm assuming. True, true. Yeah, they did have Trout. Yeah, times have changed. They need to change again. Like uh, I'm okay with that. The, the, A's, <laughs> the, the A's need their time in the sun. And this should have been the year, right? Like you were I building mean, a lot it, towards this year. It really should have been. Everything was targeted towards that, and then we said, "Really, go all in with Tatis," because now financials are really screwed. So, everyone, if Tatis opts in, come get my players because we'll be broke. Well, yeah, we'll talk about the Tatis still in a little bit because um, we were very much in on him too. So we can, I can talk about what we were offering and then kind of what your discussions were like. Yeah, but, we'll uh, circle back there. <coughs> Let's go ahead and... Some, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you go. We, we have some Noah to talk about. We do have some Noah to talk about. Crony is back. He is the new Rays GM. He, he left his long-tenured post as a special advisor to the GM with Seattle. Um, we were lucky to have him. He was a good servant to the club. And uh, we hope we can get a World Series ring this year. We have already decided we'll give him a full share of our playoff earnings for his contributions. Um, 
Namely, he asked if uh, we could sign Dieter Downs, to which I said, why not? And then we were able to flip him for a <coughs> 35 overall long shot flyer. So thank you, Noah. But anyways, he's the new GM of the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so how, how much did you overlap with him when he was in Baltimore? Enough. He was there when I did the start of my my fire sale tear down, and I tra- who did I trade him? I don't know. We did some crazy normal Noah trade where I think I got five <laughs> prospects from him for, I think it was Dennis Boatman. Let's see. Dennis Boatman might have been part of the deal originally. Who's now on the Nationals. Dennis Boatman's been around this league. Um, was it Bo- Boatman? Yeah, Baltimore to Oakland along with Shapira, Errol Verily. I traded him Antoine Kelly, who's now back in my bullpen for four prospects. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like Noah. Yeah, and then I rule five drafted Antoine Kelly, or I had someone rule five draft him for me and then traded cash for that pick. I don't know. I did something very shady to get Antoine Kelly, but his two hundred two his two seventy eight ERA plus is working out very nicely. So the th- I I I'll be interested to see what you think of him as a GM. So like the thing with him to me is like we Excuse me. We all make jokes about him. It's like he's a crazy person. Like, he makes these insane offers. He trades literally all the time. Like, he's insane. But what he did with Baltimore was, like, it was incredible. Like, he did such a good job there. Um, so I, I looked it up before we started recording. And in 2020, because he took over the Orioles, they went 57-105. and 105. The very next year, he was in the playoffs. And he made it again in 2023 and 24. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, by the time I got in in 2023, I think he had Bregman. He had a good Kirillov. He had Lazardo from, I don't know mm-hmm. how, why we traded Lazardo to him originally, but that's that was my predecessor. So that wasn't me. I can't, I'm okay with that. Um, I forget who else he had on the team, but I just remember Orioles were deep at that point. Yeah, and... Well, he just did it so quick because, like, he traded everybody in the farmer way except for Adley, and he just, like, he bled his owner dry. <laughs> yeah, he traded Ryan Mountcastle, Spencer Howard, Asa Lacey, Slade Ciccone, and Levon Soto to me for Jesus Lazardo in 2020 at the deadline. Well done, Noah. That one worked out well for you. Yeah, almost. I mean, did any of those guys not bust? No, but at least I was able to get Spencer Howard and Asa Lacey out of town for, like, 45s, which I turned into 50s, into other magic beans down to Adley Rutschman. You know, it really does annoy me, not just in our league, but like across OTP, how bad Asa Lacey is in this year's, or at least in 2021. Yeah, is he still even in the league anymore? At last I saw he was in the Reds bullpen, but I, I am not sure. San Antonio Missions. Not doing mm. well. Not five, five ERA. Hey, that Texas league is tough, man. Yeah, that's Ain't true. no joke. It, it is only 90 ERA plus, but still not great for someone with such high potential. So now what do you think of Tampa Bay as an organization that he's taken over? Oh, I think he's set for life there if he really wants to. I mean, he's got, let's see. I know his worst starting pitcher projected in two years is Joe, is Fitzgerald, and he's a 65. Yeah. I mean, in the in the farm, he's got Bocasino, or every however you pronounce his name properly. 
Or did he already call him up? I don't see him here anymore. No, he's still there. Nando Bogusino. Yeah. 75. Chad. Why does he have all guys I can't pronounce? Uploger. 80. Couple of lefties right there. Perfect. Vicente Alejandre, 70, I've got on him. I mean, he just got prospects that are going to come up and fill up the rotation. And then he's got an outfield of Milano. He's got Ornelas in the system. He's got Brazilian center fielder whose name I can't pronounce. And now, when did he get Tyler Callahan? Oh, thanks, Steven. Well, that's we'll get into that with Steven. Oh, yes, we will. Yeah. I mean, the Tyler Callahan thing is classic, Stephen, but we'll get to yeah, it. because I keep losing track of Callahan, and it's been three days. <coughs> I, I mean, I feel like he got traded back and forth in, like, 24 hours, but we'll circle back there. Yeah, um, but I mean, I think Noah's very well set off with a very young team that he can, he doesn't have to bleed this owner dry, he can run it down to all minimum contracts and then make a couple signings if he wants, but... You yeah. can take the Minnesota route and just have a really good team. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I've looked at Tampa for a couple of years as kind of a sleeping giant and somebody who I've really wanted to trade with while they've been inactive. <coughs> What'll be interesting is it like how it's set up will be a different way of winning for Noah. Um, he's a good young talent based in farm. Like, does he do the Orioles thing where he trades everyone away to win now, or does he like have patience and build through it? Because I think he needs to have patience and build through it and not and do it completely differently than he did with Baltimore. I mean, I think he needs the patience, but the patience is more going to be picking and choosing which guys from the system he actually lets come up versus which ones he trades away for the stars because right. it's not like his window is that far away. I mean, he already went 7-0 and last week. It's amazing what a little bit of non-neglect your team can do. and maybe It does can, help, yeah. Maybe he can put some L's on the Blue Jays because I'm pretty sure he plays them like nine times the last month of the season. So, Noah, please win. This is a public cry for help. Please win all ten of your games against the Blue Jays. I mean, look, based on how Noah does it this game, like he's probably going to win at least seven of those ten. Don't, don't get my hopes too high here because now it's becoming real. I mean, you still have games against, games against the Angels, so you're not going to make it up anyways. Oh, yeah, that's true. Those are all losses already. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, so now Noah's biggest trade at the deadline, kind of as we get into the major trades here. Uh, he sent away Wander Franco, the guy who was, like, the big, like, the big guy at the start of this league. Like, everybody wanted Wander Franco. He was going to be the biggest thing ever. Um, <coughs> he traded away him, Jorge Polanco, and Joe Ryan to Los Angeles for Tyler Callahan, because, of course, Jared Kelnick, starting pitcher Orlando Gonzalez, Jared Jones, and prospect Eric Perez. So what were your kind of initial thoughts on that? I mean, I thought I made a better offer for Franco and Milano comb combined, but... I'm okay with that ended up because we still ended up getting Tatis, so no more bad blood there. But, I mean, I think it was a good return. I mean, <laughs> Callahan's on a good deal and a good shortstop. Very simple there. Eric Perez also looks like he's going to be a very good player. Uh-huh. Um, What was the – where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then – Well, you got Orlando Gonzalez, starting pitcher, who I, who I actually kind of like. Yeah, I like Gonzalez also. I just got off that page. But yeah, Gonzalez, I'm a big fan of. 
And Kelnick, he flipped to California, essentially for Fernando Romero, Dave Gleason, and a couple of prospects, Adrian Rojas and Alexi Guerrero. Which, it's nice. And the main thing that's going to do for him is it got Wander's money off the book, which he's got another five years left on his deal, right? Um, It's long-term. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but it, it was big and long-term. He's got four years team option, player option. Not including the rest of the season. So 2033 is the team option and then player option after that. So you basically have to commit for two years on that team option. That's yeah. not great for a fragile player. Yeah, so <clears throat> the fragile thing was actually a big thing for me. Um so I was actually, we were in on like everybody at the deadline. We were out on Wander pretty quickly. Because yeah, I mean, I, Noah, sent out, Noah sent out his final proposals to us and the two other teams, one being the Dodgers, being still involved. And like, these are final offers. I was surprised not to see you there at that point. Right. Yeah, because we were in on, I mean, we were talking throughout the day. Like, we knew we were in on everybody, each other. Yes, he was your assistant GM and then left. I mean, there were very questionable motives there if Wander Franco instantly <laughs> turned to the Mariners within 10 seconds. <coughs> well, that that was actually supposed to be what we were requiring in order to let him interview with Tampa, but then they didn't follow through. Um, but to me, it felt like the market kind of was bigger than it should have been, or at least was priced higher than it should have been just because of the name Wander Franco, because he was supposed to be the Babe Ruth of the Sim. Because that's what it looked like early. Like, I, you weren't around when <coughs> when this league first started. But like, his projections were otherworldly. Um, I mean, I'm looking at his stats in 21, 4.7 war, 22, 5.4, 23.62. Like, that's a 22-year-old player. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Like, he was insane early. And then 2024, 7.1, and since then everything's been on decline. But this year, I mean, this year he's back up to a 4.2 for the season. Yeah, so, no, he's a, he's a very good player. Like, he's a four-win player, but he's expensive and he's fragile. So he, he's very good. I just don't know that he's, like, an absolute superstar. Um, and, and the question is, is... Is he a long-term shortstop in this game with his range already? I've got 65 on it. Is he better off just seagaring it at third base? Well, that's the other thing. So, like, Steven's playing him at DH right now. I'm assuming it's because he's trying to protect him. But, like, I don't know. How much value does he bring as a DH? Because he's what? Like, over the last few years, he's like a 15 to 20% above league average hitter. Is that a great DH for $27 million? Probably could find a better use of your money, but he seems to be finding money from every little corner of Dodger Stadium. So <laughs> yes. he can afford it. He, <coughs> he is bleeding. I don't even know who the Dodgers owner anymore is anymore. Magic Johnson. He's bleeding him dry. Um, but, on, I mean, so that's kind of why we weren't on Franco. And, I mean, obviously with that, like, I'm pretty in on what Noah got for him. Because I think he did get superstar return for him. Because I like yeah. Orlando Gonzalez. Like, the control needs to develop. And the movement and extreme fly ball profile, like, that's a problem. But it'll be useful. Um, 
Tyler Callahan's coming off of two five-win seasons. Like, the last two I, years, she's been better than Wander Franco, and he's cheap. I've been trying to get Tyler Callahan for years, and that includes from the Noah Orioles. Tyler Callahan is originally a Noah player. He's <coughs> on the Orioles. There, there's another Noah player. Uh-huh. So that, that's a marriage that we've seen before. Um, yeah, but I've been trying to get him since, like, 2025. Well, I remember I asked for him in the offseason, and the price was super high. And now he's just, like, a piece. In a Franco deal, a guy who's outperformed for two and a half years, basically. But he's like, um, it's, I mean, I think it's a fair trade. It was a solid piece going the other way. Like Callahan isn't going to be Franco at shortstop, but at the same time, might be a little bit better. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I, I and I love Eric Perez. Like, he's one of my favorite prospects. Um, so I loved it from Noah's perspective. I didn't. I didn't love it from Steven's perspective, um, and I hate that he's playing him at DH because I just think it takes away so much of his value. Agree there, but then he also got Ryan, which eventually turned into Cal Raleigh, so he got a ca- his catcher. Uh-huh. And then what's he doing with Polanco? Anything? I think Polanco was just a uh, salary, salary okay. inclusion, I want to say. But the thing is, if Wander – play shortstop. Maybe he's just trying to keep him healthy through the end of this year, full season at shortstop next year. Wander still can be a 7-8 to eight win player, and you can see it in his numbers. It's there. It's just why hasn't he done it again yet? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no denying that he's a very good player, for sure. Um. Now, on the other end of the three-team deal, what did you think of our favorite team, the, uh, the Angels, taking on Kelnick? I honestly kind of ignored it at that point because <coughs> just is an afterthought in my outfield and a real annoyance to me over his career. I think he's hitting like 400 uh-huh. days. So just seeing him come back was not what I wanted to see, and I just trying to block it out of my mind. But let's see. Let's look at this quickly. <sighs> Romero, I'm, Rosario is now in Tampa. No, he still ended up back with the Angels, right? Yeah, he went back and forth like five times somehow in those trades. Like, I, I don't know. Okay, so what else happened? David McKay. I don't know. I'm going to have to lean, I'm gonna have to lean on you for the take on this one. It was essentially Fernando Romero, Dave Gleason, Adrian Rojas, and Alexis Guerrero for Kelnick. Um, that sounds so like an overpay to, on paper, on just off the top of my head. Like, Kelnick has not impressed me recently, only against yeah. us. I, I think just taking on the contract makes it an overpay. Like, I don't. I don't know why you're giving anything up for him or why teams are still in on him personally. Like, so, like, obviously we salary dump him. Um, but I hey, look at him. You salary dump him to me this year, didn't you? Did we? I, I know we ended up doing with <laughs> Pittsburgh, and they flipped him to the Dodgers for, like, legit prospects. Um, yeah, I feel like you tried to feel me out for that one early on in the season also. We may have. We may have. Um, well, yeah, because I think we tried to get uh, Jason for him. Oh, yeah, that was definitely it, and I was like, no chance. <laughs> yeah, I wish you had pulled the trigger on that one. Um, I but I look at him, and I'm like, he's not a very good center field defender anymore. Like, his metrics are not very good there. As a left fielder, I've got a 55 on him. And I he's got, got four years. Well, no, I mean, this is like his current oh, value. overall? Okay, fine. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I got 55 on him. So... He's got four years left of $20 million per, and his last 1,000 plate appearances 
with us were sub 700 OPS. So, like, why are you giving up anything to take on that contract? I don't get it. Um, now, in typical Angels Devil Magic fashion, like, he's got a 141 OPS plus in his first 100 plate appearances there. Like, because, of course, what else would happen? Um, that was batting versus team, batting versus Oakland. Yep, there it is. Did really well <laughs> last week against my. Of course, of course you did. I mean, yep. but as a competitor to the Angels, I wasn't real upset that they took that contract on. No, and long term, thinking this out, I'm okay with it. So thank you, Angels, but you're still going to win. So congratulations. They'll always win. Like I've, I've given up hope on them ever not winning. I mean, I wish you luck on holding on to your division lead. It should happen. I, I don't freaking know at this point. I don't know. <laughs> um, moving on to our next trade, though, we've Four. got we've got your big deal. No, we're oh, gonna go to uh, Tatis. Yeah. So I mean, Tatis is obviously having like he's having MVP season. He's got an opt out for this year. Um, this is your trade, so I'll turn it over to you on this one. Yeah. So to be honest, all I, my only thought through going through this process was search for all 80s in the league and start messaging people until I got them. <laughs> and Tatis uh-huh. became the winner of that, that deal after Rutschman. But, I mean, it was great, and I have to thank you for coming up with the great player-to-be-named-later framework and giving Kaz the inspiration to start really bleeding me dry for every last drop of player. So, in the end, let's see what's this look like. Up front, there's a package of Jason Dominguez, Ramos, and then my two of my best prospects in Shambly and Bully which I know people have mixed feelings on Bully, but I still have him as having 365-plus pitches and being a 55 starter, so we'll see how that works. And Shambly, eh, Shambly, the hit tool is very questionable, but if he pans out, I mean, you got a power-speed combo in center that is very nice to dream on, and he's doing very well for Kaz so far, so good luck. Your, your Oakland prospects are really feeding your system well. And then Dominguez and Ramos, like, it, it sucked to give up Dominguez, but Dominguez was a plus defender who was a kind of nice hitter. Mm-hmm. So I can live without Dominguez as long as I can find some other center fielder to feel, fill that void defensively, which Jose Garate is kind of doing. But the outfield kind of got shaky once we gave up Ramos. So I think the way this pans out will be if Tatis opts in, I win the deal because I've got Tatis for – I've got Tatis. But right. if he opts out – and the, the way the player to be named laters are shaking out are there's two separate packages. One, if he opts out where I will compensate him for his loss of a QO pick in the form of prospects or one mm-hmm. where he opts in where he will further bleed my system dry and you'll all have to wait to see who's included in that prop package. Oh, uh, you're not going to break it down? No, not yet. Mm, okay. I got to get invited um, back. I can't let Mr. Manfred keep me out of the league for too long. Well, I'll <laughs> too long. <laughs> I mean, Dick Sacker has threatened me physically and verbally um, if we don't perform well on this thing. So it's probably good to give him a reason to keep us around. And that's the um, plan. But yeah, so, cut. yeah, go ahead. No, you go. This is your trade. You go. I mean, Tatis is great. He's coming over. He's got a 150 OPS plus, which is underperforming on the season for him. But mainly, he's going to be 
the bat that carries us because the rest of the lineup is anemic. Austin Hendrick is doing terribly. Chris Bryant's doing fine. Rutschman's doing great. Garate is doing great. McKenna's doing great. But then I've got the black hole Kevin Gaylor hitting 166 with no viable replacement in place to actually play shortstop. So it's really a fingers crossed house of cards lineup right now. So I do have a question for you on shortstop. So you have Kevin Gaylor here. He's not performing. Like he's not hitting at all. No, he's not. Why not go get Theo Hargraves from LA? He's also not going to hit at all, but at least he's going to be Angel Tennant short. No, because I've got at least Cole Young in the system who can do that also. This is pure stubbornness at this point. Mm, Okay. I got you. Okay. This is pure, sheer stubbornness. Plus, Kevin Gaylor can theoretically run the bases, but I don't know. He's been caught stealing seven out of 13 times. That's not great. He, uh, <coughs> he's not <coughs> – excuse me. He's, he's uh, not been a great performer. No. He, he was at a positive .1 war last week. He's dropped back down under negative line there, but we'll see where he ends the season. That will be a nice little side piece of information. Um, so for me, looking at this one from the outside in, I think Dominguez is what really changed this trade. So I don't think he was involved until really late. Um, but he wasn't I involved like- until Noah Noah brought him up in a potential Milano Franco deal. Gotcha. Or I brought okay. him up to Noah in a potential Milano Franco deal. I forgot who who mentioned no- Dominguez first, but once I was bringing up Milano in that deal. Only was fair to give him a center fielder to replace him. Right. Okay. And then <coughs> you just kind of carried that over for Tatis. Yeah, because once I lost Franco, I was not losing out on Tatis. We needed a another shortstop. Right. Or okay. a better shortstop, even though he's not playing shortstop. Maybe I should just start playing Tatis at shortstop and see how that works. But it does seem like the obvious solution. And you can just put Arias at second, like, He's not going to yeah, field it. But I'm trying to keep hit. Arias out of the field, though, because he is wrecked. He's been <laughs> He has literally been hurt four times a sim. I'm not even kidding. There was one sim where he got hurt three separate times. I mean, it's September. I, I, I think I think now is the time to break it out. One, two, three, four, five, six. He's picked up seven injuries since I traded for him. Which was They've, this year? Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. They're all day-to-days, except for the re- most recent hand contusion of four days. Like, none of these are back-breaking, but they're really a pain in the ass to plan a lineup around. <coughs> the other yeah, issue is, but... my pitching is so ground ball heavy in the starting rotation that I cannot let infield defense get too shaky. Okay. Like, I, I could play Gunner at second. I could play Chris Bryant at third. But that does not scream defensive safety yeah but that well i mean we're out of it at this point i might be i might be changing our lineups right now i mean the thing is like kevin gaylor is just terrible kevin gaylor kevin gaylor is a 60 and whoever wants him i will not give him up for the world he's a shortstop on a league min contract with an adi oh well we didn't even sucks we didn't even mention uh, Noah's biggest trade. I mean, he came right in straight away and got an impact 65, Logan Allen. Logan Allen is still not a 65. I don't care what the numbers say. The man is a straight 65, and I should have held out for Wander for him. 
Yeah, that's 65, let's see, 207 batting average, 706 OPS, yeah. Really slugging his way there. <laughs> hey, no, look. The, other, the Noah trade that I need to bring up is Johnny DeLuca for one of my ex-players. I would have – DeLuca was the missing piece. What a steal for Hunter. That, that was legitimately a great trade for Hunter. I mean, yeah, I was – I was ready to come in with a bigger offer than that right off the bat. And, I mean, DeLuca, as you said, we were talking earlier, is the perfect course field player. But yeah, I was ready to get that Italian in the outfield and see what happened in Oakland. But wasn't to be. He was moved, what, before you could even make an offer? Yeah, I was I, – I, I missed that one. I, I had a good reason to miss it. I think I was out eating tacos or something, so it was my fault. But I was irked. Well, I appreciate Noah coming through and not helping our division rival. He's still got some Mariners blood in him. I think that's what drove it all along. And know what? I have to respect that. So, good for him. He did his um, job, and he's going to have a Tampa Bay championship in three years. That a Mariners ring this year and a champion, or Tampa ring in three years. Now, speaking of champions, as I uh, really get, get better at these transitions mid-episode, my first ever hosting uh, gig here. Speaking of champions, Noah Syndergaard, um, who won a ring with transition. Boston. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Uh, so he run, won a ring with Boston. He is now no longer a Red Sox. He went to Minnesota with, along with reliever Jorge Guzman, who's having a really good season himself, um, for a prospect package of Jose Vasquez, Willie Zamora, Danny Pena, and Raul Valencia, who's been a big leader for a couple of years. Um, so and I actually 100% have percent retained a hundred percent retained. He's making 38 million a year. Um, yeah, for, I believe another two years with the player option at the end. So I, I, I have a lot of bullet points with thoughts here, actually. Um, go for it, but okay. I hate it. I hate it so much for Tyler. Um, just philosophically speaking, I think if you're in a situation where you still have a good MLB team, and like his record was 500 or whatever, but he had the, the second best run difference in the league. Yeah, if he had a really freaking good team about in this league right now. It is him. He had. I mean, I think I did it earlier. You sort, you support, yeah, you sort by Pythagorean win, and he's top five. Yeah, I'm I mean, he's been right really now. good. But continue, go ahead. <clears throat> so he's in the situation where he still had a really good MLB team. That he's still controlled for one, two, three more years past this year, right? Right. And he had absolutely no farm. Philosophically speaking, I'm always of the belief that you ride that out and you don't tear it down. You be good. You get more value out of being good while you can now and chasing more playoff appearances and championships while you have a, a legitimately elite team right now than by tearing it down. Um, I would rather ride it out and rebuild from ground zero because it's so hard to build a new core that's as good as what he has right now by tearing it down. And I don't think he got any core pieces in this. That's what really bothers me. Because Jose Vasquez is the top piece. He's got a really good future, high future value. But so much of that is driven by stamina. I've got a 30 current value, 40 future value on, on his control. Is he a 30, starter? 30-50? Okay. I got 30-50. So your scout likes him more. To my scout, like, he has a 75 future value on him. But with that control, like, 
how much of that is just because he has 80 stamina? Like, I'm not super in on him. Um, yeah, but at the same time, and I do get the argument for the 80 <laughs> stamina guys, and I got Izzy Rivera, and I love Izzy, and I think Izzy's good. But he's also got, in Vasquez's case, it's still, I've got 465 plus pitches, which says it's still something in my book, plus durable injury proneness. So at least you're, you are getting the word of course. In yeah. Yeah, no, like he's a good prospect, but and as the lead for Syndergaard, do do you like him as a lead? I do. Do you? Okay. Yeah. <coughs> is will he the will best he... prospect in the league? No, but is he going to be a frontline starter? Yeah, I can see it. Okay, I I don't know that I have him as a frontline guy, but if I had a fifty on his command or his control, maybe I'd be there. Now the um, other catch to this is in a thirty in a thirty team league. I agree with you, but again, we're in a twenty nine team league. What Tyler does does not matter. <laughs> That's he will true. lose that division for the next every few time years anyway. So why not restock it while Syndergaard's value is somewhat decent? Well, I mean, make the wild card game win that, and you get the shorter season series against New York. I mean, I would still take that shot personally, um, and just rebuild it with absolutely nothing. Like going down the trade, like Willie Zamora, like he's interesting. We have a 45 future value on him right now. Like, I think that'll increase over time because that's kind of how our scout works with young guys. But, like, he's not a headliner for me either. Pena, I have a 45 future value on. I don't think he's a good fit for Benway. Valencia, I like quite a – like, I like him a lot. Like, he's a really good player. He can hit. Um, he's got a big hit tool, and he can really pick it at a lot of positions. Um, but, like, again, he's not a headliner. It's like you're trading the best pitcher in the game, and you're giving up a good reliever. And you're covering 100% of a $38 million contract for the next two to three years. And none of those guys are, like, headline pieces for that guy for me. Like, I I just hate it. Like, and he's not even, like, fully tearing down. Like, he went and got Christian Roa, too. So, like, I just, I hate it. I've got a 65 on Zamora. I like him. I mean, Valencia we agree on. Pena we agree on. I like the first two guys better than you do. And I put a lot more weight on that that there's just no fighting chance in that division. So he went out and got two top prospects. Could he have gotten more? I think so, absolutely. But is it a bad deal? Nah. Still no, two, okay. two, it's still two guys who are all-stars. And Valencia, like, I like Valencia a lot. You can play that that elite defense at that many positions and mainly shortstop and still hit 300 also. He'll be fine. So if you were in Tyler's position, would you tear down? measuredly i mean he's still got a very good team but it is aging so he should be winning the wild card most years still the offense is elite the pitching can use some work i mean zach ebert can only be amazing so many times yankee killer zach yeah he's a yankee killer but he's a one pitch guy so I don't know. Uh, I'm that's really he's really in that tough spot right now. Yeah, but I wouldn't do the full tear down yet. He still has enough bats that. Well, how tight's the money now? Is the real question with thirty eight million dollars tied up. But I think he's over budget. I know he has been the last couple of years. Yeah, so maybe try and move Alec Thomas off books. 
get some more young pitching for that. Like, I feel like that's just a he needs to transition a lot of the bats into arm situation. But I'm also a big arms guy, and I built up the arms before going out and training for bats. So I've got the inverse view on this anyway. And part of that is Coliseum versus Fenway. Um, yeah, and part of that was I got more good pitching prospects first. Right. And, I mean, just – so we don't fully align on the strategy there. Um, I guess we both think that he could have gotten more for Thor, especially 100% retained. <coughs> but um, I just hate that the Sox – like, this might be about the end of the Sox. Like, they've made seven straight playoff playoffs. Um, they've been so good for so long. And Tyler's done a really good job there. And it like this might be it. And it's a lot of it's just because they got super unlucky this year. Um and that kind of sucks. You know? That is unfortunate, and it's really unfortunate that he's just been steamrolled by Toronto, which might be a better version of his team in the sense that the lineup is a little bit better, also a little bit younger. Same with the pitching. Maybe not. It didn't have the same top end. The pitching didn't have Thor or Musgrove, but mm-hmm. Zach went out and added Quinn Flanagan, which is a nice piece. I tried to get Flanagan also, and it's good for him for snagging Flanagan from me. He got Mike Johnston and moved Dempsey over to Colorado, which that's just a win-win trade. Like, Johnston gets out of Colorado, which I don't know. He should have been good in. He's a... 98 to 100 ground ball pitcher with 60 movement on my books. He should have been good in Colorado, but I don't know what Hunter gives his pitchers there. He just hated life there and got got out of them. He's doing perfectly fine and just sent off a bat who wasn't going to touch the lineup to hit her happy core. So win-win there. But I think Zach's doing a great job there and has yeah. just built a newer version of that Boston machine that's just a little bit short on the pitching and – I will gladly still take Randy Hines for a pitcher in the offseason, if you're listening, but great job. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Zach has been doing a pretty good job there for a little while, Um, and I'm glad to see that it looks like he'll be a playoff team finally. Because it's it's been a while since he's made it, but he's always – like, he's never been terrible. Um, And I like that. He's got a tough schedule down the stretch, though, here. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with he's got Miami he's got Boston which even though they just tore down a little bit they're still Boston got the Yankees got Baltimore no that's not gonna be good but then <laughs> I'm looking forward to the last 10 games of the season against Tampa Bay and the Angels seven against Tampa three against the Angels that could be very tough stretch and very good for the Elefantes Oh, well, speaking of the Elefantes, are we going to get a logo change? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how to change the logos. I mean, Smith gave me credit for keeping the logos up to date. I just download my file and everything shows up. <laughs> like, your, your logo showed up right away when it changed. I'm like, oh, cool. It's already here. Perfect. Well, I just I just asked Smith to change it. That's all I got to yeah. do. Oh, well, then I want the War Elephant because that looks fierce. All right, you got you hear it, Smith. War elephant for the A's. Yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up again. So let's move on to our last trade. Um, so we just talked about a champion with Cindergard, and I mean, 
props to the Twins, by the way. Like, that's great for them. I love what Matt's done. Like, Yeah, I mean, I love that team also. And it's just league men after league men guy who are all just get hits, play good defense, and throw ground balls. It's really right. frustrating to go up against. You can't, you can't plan for it. It's like the 2015 Royals on steroids. And by getting the league... A, t- a winning team of league men guys, he was able to just go buy the best farm system in the league, which then lets him have the depth to go trade for Thor and yeah, still and get it 100% retained. And I 100% respect the system. I try and do the same thing every two years. I don't have the money to go out and spend that much on the prospects, but, I mean, if you have it, go ahead. It's, it's a small, way, small market way to fight back. Yeah, I mean... See, my concern on that is still that the Yankees go do it. They have like a $200 million payroll and then can still afford it. So that's my concern on it. But when the, Matt does it with the Twins, like I love it. That's It's great. I wish I had thought of it when we were worse. But even still, there's still a diminishing return at a point where like Smith would have to go out and give $20 million offers to every single guy to A, guarantee he got them, and B, just to do it. So is it really worth it at that point? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I guess, I, I guess we'll find out soon enough. Um, so moving from a past champion to a guy who will win a championship this year, our last big trade to go over is uh, Ronald Acuna going from the Mets to the Mariners for Julio Rodriguez and prospects Isaiah Wooden, Leo Cortez, <coughs> Josh Malizia, and Victor Lara. Um. So, obviously, this is my team. So, like, yeah, do you have a quick so take crazy. before I really? Okay. Oh, well, my quick take is, thank God you made that trade. It hurts you in the long term. Yeah. So, I regretted this thing, like, almost immediately, to be honest. Um, it's like, Ronald Acuna is amazing. Like, he's incredible. The last couple of years, he's got OPS buses over 180. Um, so he, And he's on a really reasonable contract. But, like, this is the kind of, like, all-in, like, overpaid deal that we've successfully not done so far. Um, and the deal I was also ready to make if I lost out on Tatis. Not necessarily for Acuna, but the offer was there. But for whoever it took to just put a number seven or above on the roster. Uh-huh. So, like, I want to say Ricky Venasco is the only other guy we've done this for. And that one's worked out so far. Like, I still like Almanza and I like Bender. So Texas might get good value out of that. But Vanasco's been great for us. Like, I wouldn't take that back. Um, but, I, like, I think there was emotional involvement on it in my end. And we overpaid. Because, like, we were in on Alex Bregman, and Steven decided to keep him. We were in on Fernando Tatis, and you got him. Uh, like, to a lesser extent, we were in on Manuel Classe. I think Steve should have traded him, but he decided to keep him. Uh, we were in on Edwin Diaz from you, but you got him extended, uh, so you kept him. You want him? Yes, yeah, I'll still take him. Just so everyone knows, his high leverage numbers are very similar to Mike Trout's season line. So Edwin Diaz can go – Edwin Diaz is a very <laughs> loving guy, and he's a team leader, and we still value him and can't wait to re-sign him again. But Edwin Diaz, you need to um, get better. He uh, it, no, it was in, you sent me the stats earlier today, and it was incredible. It was like low leverage; it was like four hundred OPS. Medium leverage was like five hundred, and then high leverage was I think nine seventy four. It was literally between Mike Trout and Nate Fe- Featherston's OPSs in the American League. 
I checked. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Um, so we overpaid, and part of it also was so the original offer was J Rod, Wooden, and Cortez, and the freaking Dodgers because Stephen requires every single one of his players always. Tyler they can't Callahan. Yes, um, they came in with Boston. Maybe I believe it was a Boston Mabius and Wilson Caballero led deal. So he came in and he raised the price, and we had to add Malizia and Lara to get it done. So for us, the reason why we did do it, so all the players that we moved, we have concerns on. Um, so like Cortez, I think, is a platoon guy. I don't think we have room for him here. And does like like does he hit righties well enough to carry like an impact profile? I don't really think so. Um, like I think he's a good player. We have a future value six on him. Um, I, I don't I think five, he had a spot here. Yeah. I got a five on him. A five? I I think a lot of the league has a five and a lot of the league has a six. I think it depends on uh, favors ability or favorite tools, tool scout. Um, Wooden is, is my favorite of the prospects we moved. Like, he's he's a big league starting pitcher. I don't have much doubt on that. Same. He's probably more of a bottom of the rotation guy. So I, I, think, he, I think he's mid. He, I mean, yeah, he might be. I... I also might just be biased there because we've had like a top two or three rotation in the league for so long. My sense of mid or top might just be a little like, bit totally staggered, thrown off. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I've got 50, 50, 60, but all three of his pitches are FB6 or plus. So yeah. No, you think I it think that stuff's, I think that stuff's below. And at that point, you got two plus pitch rating tools. He's good to go. Yeah. He, that was the prospect that hurt most to give up. Right. Um, Malizia, sorry, no, you go, you go. Acuna for J-Rod is almost in some ways a flip straight up. Now, Acuna is better than J-Rod, but is he that much better? To me, yes. Um, They're on similar money. I mean, he's been – so J-Rod's like a four to five win player for his career. Acuna's like a seven to eight win player. But older. But the thing is, I think – Acuna over the life of his contract is going to be a better player than J-Rod. So if you look at J-Rod right now, and to be clear, I think he has a couple more really good years in him. But his Ks have really spiked up this year. Worrying, worryingly so. Okay. So we were always going to sharp we were always going to shop him in the offseason. Um with five years left on his deal, I'm guessing the last two to three years of that might not be great. And with our payroll, it's just so hard to keep overpaid guys. Um, honestly, I feel like we were really lucky to get out of the Kelnick deal. And we were probably going to try and look to get what we could on J-Rod this offseason before he started going south. Um, That's true. You did move two big money outfielders this year, yeah. which will help you out big time. Yes. We have money for the first time in a couple of <clears throat> years now, which is really nice. Yeah, um, I'm very curious to see what my final books come in at next year. We're we're playing some very fun money games. <laughs> you're you're uh, are you going the Dodgers old Orioles route where you're just going to keep adding and adding regardless of what your owner thinks? Playing some I, uh, maybe, but at the same time, I mean, we we started not having sellout crowds, but ever since the June 12th trading deadline, we'd been selling out capacity of thirty five thousand every game. So just bringing in ticket sales and some very nice 50% boost in revenue per game from last year. So maybe that'll, John Fisher sees a little bit of um, some progress here and 
won't be such a penny pincher anymore, like his physical personality says. John Fincher will uh, see that and will up your your payroll to like fifty six million. Oh, that that'd be lovely. And then just to wrap it up, like Militia, we have a six future value on him, but a lot of it's discipline based, and our scout tends to over project that tool, so I don't necessarily see him developing towards that. And then Laura, I like, but I think he's a good reliever. I don't think he's a starter. Um, so, like, if I look at our trades this year, like, all in all, like, we got Acuna, we got Allegre, we got Jordan, we got Royce Lewis, and we didn't move any of our top six prospects, which was the group, like, we really wanted to protect. But our death took a huge hit. Um, so, like, from an opportunity cost... Let's for a second. His, his batting yeah. ratings look very similar to Kevin Gaylor's, so you want... <laughs> they do. They look a lot like Kevin Gaylor's. Craig, if you want Kevin Gaylor back, um, <laughs> well, we can talk about this deal later. <laughs> Kevin Gaylor uh, is a current sixty, so I think uh, yeah, I think it would gotta be a, be a big market Craig for him. Out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gotta be, was, gotta be. He was a Met originally anyway. He wants to go back. <laughs> we'll, we'll have some talks. Um, but our, like our depth has really hurt. Like so, from an opportunity cost standpoint, the Acuna deal, I think that's where it really hurts us. It's so like those four prospects, Wooten's going to hurt. But the other three, they probably were more valuable to us in other deals than with us as future big leaders. Um, so it's going to limit what we can do in the future. But Yeah, and I definitely understand where you're coming from there on that because like, that's the same thing with us. We've basically now bottomed. I mean, our system hasn't bottomed out by any means, especially if Tatis does not opt in. We keep a huge chunk of our system in place. Yeah. But Besides that, like, I've still got a few guys that we have 55s and aboves, and, like, there's still a non-zero chance that Ben Maurer will be pitching in the playoffs this year for the Oakland A's. It is more likely that we don't make the playoffs and Ben Maurer doesn't pitch in the majors this season. But besides that, like, all the trades were done with calculations of this is basically the last line of depth we have at this prospect position mm-hmm. of this age group. So we have one person at each spot, and even that's a little bit ticky-tacky here. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, if you don't have money, that's going to make it tough. Yeah. Um, but at, this, <laughs> at the same time, like, I guess we'll talk to it. We're going to go over the playoff picture here in a second. Um, yep. And we'll talk about, I'll talk about y'all a little bit there. But, uh, I mean, for us, like, our death is really gone, and most of the guys who would get us people at this point are, are a group of untouchables. So, like, I don't know how much we'll be able to trade for in the future. So, Lewis and Acuna, they're um, under control, but they're fragile. So, we're just going to need them to stay healthy. We're going to need to get some luck there, I think. Um, so, in the last bit of trade, so you went over the Blue Jays already, but you want to talk about the Tigers a little bit. So, I'm going to turn that over to you. Yeah, I mean, Tigers made, traded a few good players at the end. They sent Flanagan over to the Blue Jays, sent me, Brendan White, and Austin Hendrick. And I think, like, he's just doing a really good start doing that slow teardown. Like, we were talking about, he said, want to keep these players under control, but at the same time, like, his farm system was barren. So this is, like, that first baby step of ripping the Band-Aid off. And I think he did well in all three trades. I mean, on the White trade with May, he got – also, White and Flanagan are both fragile pitchers. But on White, he got Jose Gaitan, who I've got as 70 future contact and future top of the li- at top of the lineup hitter with up to a 55. And then 
a couple other flyer guys, but still possible starting center fielder. Good start there on the Flanagan deal. Got to pull up that other tab. Probably should have just gone to Hendrick first since he's on my team also. And Austin Hendrick's basically on the Edwin Diaz list right now. But he's my, been so bad for you. Oh, he's saying like under 100. I'm, he, he might be in AAA next week. There, there, there's been just internal discussions. But on the Flanagan deal, he got I've got two 50s and a few 45s. Like not bad either for, again, another pitcher who might break down at some point, but is still, besides that, a solid mid-rotation arm. And then well, Austin Hendrick has zero value right now, so whatever that deal is, it's a steal. But, I mean, that he pulled out. I gave him a 50 future value starter. Oh, very nicely strained his oblique in his first start. Good good job as Mayo. Um, Dominguez, who I traded for this year, who was probably better suited to be a reliever anyway, but was leading the AL and K's per nine as a starter. And then also Steve Brown, who's another one of my classic no-hit tool, all-power prospects, who can play – can play shortstop as I do air quotes, but it's probably long-term second baseman, but still plus defense there. And then one of my international free agent signings who may have taken a little bit of dive on ratings, but still has potential average-ish bat at least. So a little flyer, but I think he did really well with those trades at the deadline just to get a little kickstart on the system. Yeah, I'm with you. Um and it feels like over the years, the Tigers have had a lot of pitchers who have outperformed their ratings. I don't know how much of that is the ballpark, or maybe they have like a really good pitching coach, but I think cashing in on those guys makes a lot of sense for him and his position. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and I mean, White isn't qualified for anything this year, but he like he had two, two starters who were top 10 in the league in ERA. White wasn't qualified, but he's at 140 innings on the year. He's pretty close to qualified. We'll count him. And he's throwing at a 131 ERA plus. And then Flanagan was 128 ERA plus with a sub with a sub four ERA, three six. Like, yeah, they just performing well. And it made sense for the Blue Jays to go get Flanagan too, and for you to go get White. Um, yeah, like I was talking to Zach, and I've been trying to get his bats all year. Randy Hines is who I want the most. If anyone trades for Randy Hines besides me, you will be on a blacklist. But, I mean, I, this is what I said. Like, you need arms, I need bats. And he did that without giving up his major league bat. So, smart move. I might have to go get Randy Hines in the offseason. I'll trade you Tatis for him if you do. <laughs> okay, that, you got a deal. I'll still um, need, like, eight more pieces beyond that. No, I, I just heard one for one. It, I it was not say one for one. I just said deal. Um, So let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with a uh, – we're heading into September. So we got just over a month left. Let's take a quick look at the playoff picture. Um, and I don't know. We can give our, our predictions on what's going to happen here. So I don't know about you, but I think the Yanks are going to win the AL East. Yeah, we'll, we'll just put a check mark there. Yeah, okay. I wasn't Next. sure if you'd be on board with that. Okay. Um, so in the AL Central, the Twins are opening up a little bit. They've got a five-game lead here as we sit here on August 28th, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's got the central pretty locked up also, and Seth and the Royals have just been absolutely ravished by injuries the last two sims. Like, he's already he's already planning to sell off <coughs> the trade block right now. He and, he's already accepted, and and his playoff odds are still at twenty seven percent, which is above mine right now. So maybe there's a window in, but I think the Twins have that pretty locked up there. Yeah, I think the Twins will take it, but like I did with the Red Sox. I do not think the Royals should tear down. I think that would be a mistake. Um, I don't think it's going to be able to tear it out, though. I think he just. I think this is all talk. He'll feel it out, see if he gets the real offer. And if not, just go back out, and his pitching will be amazing next year like it always is. Yeah, that that's what I'm hoping he'll do. Because I, I do enjoy the all-reliever Oil, or, or Royals being a competitor. They've been good for a while. He's done a good job building that team. And... Uh, there's no reason they can't still be good for a few years. Like, it's, it's a pretty young team. And Joe Adele will bounce back. He'll figure out how to work in the Midwest. I mean, honestly, he's back close to home in Kentucky. I mean, Kansas City, Kentucky, not that far. It's closer in Oakland. He'll, he'll, he'll figure it out. I think he already has bounced back some. I uh, mean, he's above 100 OPS plus now, so that's progress. But he's still vastly this- underperforming compared to last year. That was another guy I tried to dump Kelnick for when he was really underperforming. Was uh was Adele. And uh Seth wasn't in on that one. And then moving to the AL West, we've got a three and a half game lead on the Angels. Like we should pull away, but we should have pulled away all year. Like I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll hold on. You're gonna make the playoffs, at least you know that. I think you'll hold on to the vision. And Dave is going to get the wild card. And the only way I have a shot is I've got a couple stretches where I have like 10 games against the combination of the Angels and probably you. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's literally tomorrow. Lovely. Followed by, <laughs> followed by the Yankees. That will be a great 10 games. So you just got to stay alive there. Yeah, if I, go, if I go 5-5, five and five, I maybe have a fighting shot. If I go 6-4... and four, um, ecstatic. So, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of went into it, but the Angels and the Jays are kind of pulling away in the AL wild card. Yeah. And their schedule is set up well, too. <laughs> right. So, I, I think they'll take it. I I do think that y'all and the Royals are better than both of those teams. Um, hell, I think the Ashes are probably better than the Angels. Maybe I think, not, Toronto, not I think injured, Toronto but. deserves the playoff spot. I th- I really do. That lineup is really, really good. They they are legitimately good. But, yeah. man, I, I like the Royals and I like your team. Um, yeah, so I think the NL doesn't deserve five playoff spots. Let's go over there. Yeah, I mean, we can the, – the NL East is going to go to Miami. Um, they're a good team, but they've been pretty lucky too. I mean, Pythagorean record has them a game ahead of Washington – but the actual record has them 11 games ahead. Yeah, but at wow. least that's a team, again, when you look at on paper, at least computer paper numbers, like my scout has good grades on most of his players up and down. Oh, the yeah. Lineup. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I like that team. It They might be outperforming, but at least it's more justifiably outperforming. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, the Cardinals have the NL Central. That one's yep. just about over. Really the NL West, absolutely yep. dominant. <coughs> and I've tried to get Sean Prada for years. Same. Um, 
low-key, I mean, Luke doesn't talk in the chat much, but he's done a really good job with that franchise. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, just dominating this year. And I wish I had Parada. He's from Oakland. He should, Man. Be, he, he, he should be playing for the A's. I've made so many offers for that guy, and now that he's up, it's going to be impossible. Hey, this one might be serious. If Tatis opts in, I'll consider Tatis for Parada Plus. That's a serious offer. Yeah, it, it should be. Yeah, that one, that one, we'll discuss that one. Yeah. But let's get to the NL West here. The NL West is the most interesting division. Because yeah. I think the Diamondbacks are the second best team in, in the game. Um, however, they sit one game back in Colorado. And the Giants are six games back, kind of hanging on. Um, so, but Colorado versus Arizona is probably what it's going to be. If I had to guess, Arizona finally takes it. Well, I think Colorado's but, just going to crash down the last month of the season. I mean, it's just not a winning franchise. I see a lot of losses in their future coming up. Like, they've got – and, honestly, they've got the D- Diamondbacks on the schedule for seven. They've got six with the Dodgers who can still who can still hit. They've got six with the Giants who I like better than them. I, I think the Rockies are going to collapse fairly spectacularly here. I think that's very much in play. Um, now, I'm also – I'm just so glad I don't play in the NL West because, like, we play in cores, like, two times every other year, and it's just terrifying. Oh, I really liked my trip to cores this year. It was great. <coughs> I, do, I do feel the terror, but our trip to cores was great this year. Flew um, in. How, how many runs did we score? 17, 28, 33 runs in three days. We were okay. And won two games. I mean that's just regular stuff in course. Like that's what and they do only, every season. And we gave sub twenty. We gave up sub twenty. Um, so you have the Rockies crashing. Diamondbacks taking the division. Do you think the Rockies yep. will still be a wild card? Like right now, it's the Cubs and D-backs with the Nats three out and the Giants five out. Who do you have taking those? I think the Nationals ride into that last wild card. Yeah, spot I'm with Rockies, you, especially with those last three games against the Rockies that. In Coors Field, I mean, I'm with you. Go, I think I think the Nats get in. One game back, he wins. Yeah, I I think the Nats get in. Um, I I'll say it's the Nats in Wild Card One and the Rockies in Wild Card Two. And the oh, Cubs no, no, out. no! I don't. I think the Cubs hold on. Also, I've, okay. I've got full, I've got full collapse for the Rocks. So you've got Cubs Nats. I've got Nats Rocks. Um, yep. I mean, I could see the Rockies collapse here. I like the team. I I actually like uh, man. I wanted him to trade me Chris Fort so badly. Um, yeah, de- but he, decent G- decent GM over there. Kind of knows what he's doing sometimes. Yeah, but he works for a terrible team in real life. That just, is true. Just awful. And that Matt um, Olson trade was very questionable way back when. I mean, trading away Tyler Esplin for Matt Olson. <laughs> I know. That? You're trading away MVP candidate Tyler Esplin. Like, what yeah. are you doing? For 71st baseman Matt Olson. 71st baseman's growing trees. Well, now, here's a – talking about DHs, why is 75 defensive first baseman um, Matt Olson DH? And Danny Pierce playing first base? I mean, I guess Pierce with his younger legs is more ideal to have out there, but – Matt Olson's an offensive and field leader. He should be on the field every day, and hopefully the field manager will get some good instruction on that down the road. But this is why they're going to collapse. 
<laughs> no, no veteran yeah. leadership on infields is just bad. Matt Olson is going to take that clubhouse into the ground. I mean, Gene Segura is easily going to just be staring at butterflies in the field without Matt Olson yelling at him to pay attention. How is Gene Segura still a two and a half one player at age 38? I don't know. That one's fairly impressive, though. But that being said, I love real life Gene Segura. Like, that's also real life Gene Segura. He's just going to somehow yeah. hit until he is 38. Definitely. And especially if he goes to Coors. Yeah, so, I mean, this could be like the Simpsons just predicting the future there. So I think that about wraps us up. Do you have anything else you want to cover before we uh, sign off and let Smith chop this up for us? Just reiterating how much I despise the Angels this season and how much Uh they deserve to crash. But besides that, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been uh, been great talking with you, Chris. Uh, I, along with... All of my homies hate the Angels, and uh, I just hope that at some point they uh, play to their true talent level and lose a game. Uh, I feel you there. We'll see what happens. Good luck, sir. Good luck to you. I hope you uh, come back and catch him. No, no hate to Dave. I mean, I ran a uh, an R, R sports fantasy team with Dave. All love to Dave. I just hate your team. Yep, and Dave, I told you before we got on this, it's really nothing personal, but I just hate every single one of your 26 players right now. (laughs) Every single one. Even Jake Donnelly. Actually, especially Jake Donnelly right now. And Pablo Lopez. And Pablo. Okay, now I'm angry. (laughs) All right, let's let's go ahead and get out of here. It's been uh, been great talking to y'all. Dick Sacker will be back for the next podcast episode, I would presume with another league member of choice. Um, That'll do it for us.